Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Good morning. I would like to welcome everyone to the Plaza Retail REIT third quarter 2020 earnings conference call. At this time, all participants are in listen-only mode. Following the presentation, we will conduct a question and answer session. Instructions will be provided at that time for you to queue up for questions. If anyone has any difficulties hearing the conference, please press star zero for operator assistance at any time. I would like to advise everyone that this conference is being recorded. I will now turn the conference over to Mr. Michael Zakuda, Plaza's Chief Executive Officer. Please go ahead, Mr. Zakuda. Thank you, Operator. Good morning. Thank you for joining us on our Q3 2020 results conference call. We are legally obliged to tell you that today's discussion includes forward-looking statements. We'd like to caution you that such statements are based on management's assumptions and beliefs. Please refer to Plaza's public filings for discussion of these risk factors. If we go back to April, as we were sitting in isolation in our home offices, we did not anticipate that we would bounce back as well as we have. We spent a tremendous amount of time and energy collecting rent, negotiating deferral deals with both large and small retailers in Q2. Today, we're looking at a dramatically improved environment as our rent collections for Q3 exceeded 97%. Currently, 99% of our tenants are open for business, most of which are operating at or near full capacity, and our Atlantic Canadian properties have not experienced uh, a subsequent wave of COVID-19. The strategic location of our properties in primary and strong secondary markets and the geographic diversity of our portfolio have allowed us to successfully weather this pandemic. Leasing activity has improved considerably over time, and our portfolio has proven its resilience. In Q3, we leased 238,000 square feet, 45,000 square feet of new leasing, and 193,000 square feet of renewals. In Q2 and Q3, the period impacted by the pandemic, we have leased 484,000 square feet, 121,000 of new leasing, and 363,000 square feet of renewals. Of the 121,000 square feet, 79,000 square feet represents backfilling of vacant space. Our formula of open air centers with essential needs and value retailers often located in strong secondary markets performed well. Please refer to the Q3 presentation that is now posted on our website for an update of our top 30 tenants, our rent collection numbers, and photos of new projects and recent store openings. Our strategy to continue to grow by taking advantage of oppor- our strategy is to continue to grow by taking advantage of opportunities. We foresee more opportunities post-COVID versus pre-COVID as retail has been challenging and will continue to be tough as we eventually put COVID behind us. We will continue to pursue new developments and redevelopment projects. It is still early on and we do not expect to see interesting deals until the new year. The source of future opportunities will be, one, large property owners looking to reduce their retail holdings, two, passive retail property owners that struggle to fill vacancies as they are poorly equipped 
to lease retail space. Three, redevelopment opportunities that convert enclosed malls to strip centers, empty box stores to multi-tenant strips, or any asset that requires a serious right-sizing cure, usually a significant reset or redevelopment of retail space. Four, retail demand, retailer demand for new space, whether it is for downsizing or upsizing. We foresee that we will have less competition and therefore more development opportunities. As a small cap REIT, we are nimble enough to adjust to these changing market conditions. We are managing and allocating our capital carefully. We build what we lease, we lease often in multiple phases, and, and are rewarded on our development program with attractive yields. We are successfully selling non-core assets well over NAV. These assets are typically an old KFC, whereby the highest and best use for the site is not a QSR. These sales are made with the very low hurdle rates and we reinvest the proceeds in higher yield and higher quality new projects. I do not believe that the market is recognizing a number of factors that favor Plaza. One, Plaza's highly engaged management team's capability to execute its business plan and its leasing and development team's ability to lease and develop high quality projects. Two, Plaza's core portfolio of pharmacies, grocery stores, dollar stores, and other essential needs tenants that have delivered as advertised. Three, Plaza's value retailers who have shown that they can prosper in our open-air retail strips during difficult times. Four, Plaza's large retail network of properties that are an important part of any retailer's strategy to sell products through multiple channels. And five, Plaza's strategy of being diversified across a wide geography with open-air open centers that often dominate within their community. We believe that the market will eventually recognize these factors and the stability of our portfolio and our growth prospects. The historically high spreads between retail REIT yields and 10-year Canada bond yields will eventually adjust and retail REIT prices will recover and move closer to real NAV. As we look forward, we remain confident in our future as we continue to grow by adapting to change. Our portfolio and our business plan have remained relevant and we believe that we have a solid foundation from which to build as Canada emerges from the pandemic. I will now turn the call over to Jim Drake, Plaza's CFO. Jim. Thanks, Michael. Although COVID continued to impact our business during Q3, our results have improved over last quarter. First, our rent collections recovered significantly from 85.5% in Q2 to over 90% in Q3 with October collections to date at 98%. Rent deferrals and abatements also decreased significantly from 8% total in Q2 to less than 1% total in Q3. For deferred rent that required repayment in September and October, we collected 100% of September and 94% for October to date. We participated in the CICRA program extension during Q3 but utilized our own more rigorous process to determine tenant eligibility based on individual tenant need. Our CICRA write-off dropped from 1.5% in Q2 to 1% in Q3. In dollar terms, our total write-offs from CICRA, bad debt, and rent abatements for the quarter 
were 492,000, bringing the year-to-date total to 2.6 million. Offsetting this was an increase in straight-line rent as required under lease modification accounting of 442,000 for the quarter or 723,000 year-to-date. FFO and AFFO per unit for the quarter also improved to 9.1 cents and 8.1 cents respectively, up 19% over last quarter. In addition, excluding the previously mentioned write-offs, as well as severance payments and the impact of lease buyouts, year-to-date FFO and AFFO per unit would have been up 7% and 12% respectively over last year. Our liquidity also improved over last quarter, and at September 30th, totaled 62 million, including cash, operating line availability, and unused development and construction financing facilities. We also had unencumbered assets with a value of approximately 30 million. Subsequent to quarter end, we increased our operating line limit by 2 million. For long-term debt, as of September 30th, we had only 17 million of mortgage maturities remaining in 2020, most of which relate to grocery or pharmacy anchored properties. Subsequent to quarter end, we signed commitment letters to refi 5 million of these mortgages and made significant progress on the remainder. With an LTV on the maturing debt of 55%, we are confident we will refi these mortgages. Regardless of the improvements in our rent collections and liquidity, we've continued with a proactive cost management program and during the quarter finalized an early retirement program that will result in admin expense savings going forward. Under our development program, during the quarter, we completed the conversion of a previous QSR to a provincially owned SQDC store in Quebec. We also closed on the previously announced acquisition of Grocery Anchorage Strip in Ontario which will be redeveloped over the coming months. On asset sales, we sold a non-core QSR during the quarter and closed on the previously announced sale of a 50% non-managing interest in five Shoppers Drug Mart properties, which generated $5 million of cash for Plaza. Finally, on fair value, we recorded a $500,000 loss on investment properties during the quarter as a result of minor changes in underwritten NOI. Our weighted average cap rate decreased by two BIPs to 7.33% as a result of the acquisition in Ontario and a few appraisals obtained during the quarter. Those are the key points relating to our results for the quarter and year to date. We will now proceed to open the lines for any questions. Operator? Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, we will now conduct the question and answer session. If you have a question, please press the star key followed by one on your touchtone phone. You will hear a one-tone prompt acknowledging your request. Your questions will be polled in the order they are received. If you would like to decline from the polling process, please press pound. Please ensure you lift the handset if you are using a speakerphone before pressing any keys. One moment, please, for your first question. Your first question comes from the line of Leanne Chen with IA Securities. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Thank you, and uh, good morning. Just um, referring to your earlier remarks regarding taking advantage of buying opportunities, I'm just wondering if you could tell us 
what you're currently observing in terms of cap rates within your core markets and are you seeing any uh, interesting distress situations or is it still early uh, too early to tell we're not seeing real distress situations yet i think it's uh, it's very early as i mentioned i think that's something that you'll see in the uh, in the new year um i think there's, there's going to be more distress more based on the a specific property situation for example an enclosed mall uh, with some very important chronic vacancies that needs to be to be reorganized, uh, I, I think there's more opportunity in that type of, uh, of deal versus um, you know higher cap rates. There, there may be some some higher cap rate uh, style opportunities. We definitely have not seen them yet. Uh, what we're observing is, aside from the enclosed malls, cap rates are uh, are, are still pretty uh, uh, pretty advantageous for for uh, for the owner or the vendor. Okay, great. Um, and just last one for me, uh, at a high level, I'm just looking at your collection rates, um, you know, they've improved. Uh, I was just wondering, just now amid this second wave of this pandemic, where do you see, like, the trend, like, do you see this trend kind of uh, stabilizing, or do you, kind of, like, where do you see this trend going in the near future and over basically just the next couple of quarters? Uh, again, if you look at our, our geography, so Atlantic Canada is not in the same situation as Quebec and Ontario in terms of uh, of number of covid cases so it's it's much more business as usual for retailers we don't expect uh, a, a lot of problems in in those markets where the only place you'll see a few issues uh, from our perspective is obviously the soft areas the cinemas and the gyms um, the, the, and some of the sit-down restaurants though we we do expect that in all three categories we will collect our rents over time. You're going to see um, some issues where some of the small businesses, which is not, which is not that big a part of our business, though, though it, is, it was relevant, you know, Secret was relevant. You're going to see people that are not paying uh, November or December because they're waiting for their CERS money. And uh, we, haven't, we, we don't have any details as to when CERS flows. So that's going to have a little bit of an impact going to create some receivables. Those receivables should be settled with the CRS for those small businesses that are impacted. As you know, if, if a business is forced to close, um, you know, they're, they're good for 90%. The government is supporting them you know, with 90% of the, of the rent. Um, so that's going to be interesting. It's going to have a, a short-term impact, but we, we should see um, a, a pretty quick uh, bounce back. So, again, our portfolio, we're, we're not seeing... Uh, I, I, a lot of problems in collections going going forward. I think our collections are are, are are pretty robust, and we're obviously happy with the results. Okay, great. Thanks. Uh, I'll turn it back. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, if there are any additional questions at this time, please press the star followed by the one. As a reminder, if you are using a speakerphone, please lift the handset before pressing any keys. Our next question comes from the line of Brendan Abrams with Canaccord Genuity. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Hi, good morning. Um, maybe just touching on two of your projects, uh, the recently acquired one in Sault Ste. Marie and then uh, Shops of Galway in, in Newfoundland. Um, can you just maybe provide some color or elaborate on you know, what you saw as the opportunity um, in, the, in the Sault Ste. Marie acquisition and Maybe some of the plans going forward in terms of repurposing that uh, that asset, and then just secondly, um, 
you know, adding the, uh, I guess, Princess Auto in the shops of Galloway. Maybe you could just provide a more broad uh, update on uh, on the development or what's happening at that uh, that asset. Okay, so so Sushemery is is what people like to describe as a as a plaza deal. Um, good, you know, very good dirt, um, grocery anchored, and the opportunity is that you have a 90,000 square foot Lowe's, which is um, closed, closed but paying rent. And so that's our opportunity is to organize a buyout of the Lowe's uh, lease and then take and then redevelop the Lowe's into uh, a number of units as we've done in many other situations across our portfolio. We've bought large box stores and created a multi-tenant strip out of it. In this case, the multi-tenant strip is there. We're just adding to it. We have solid retailer demand uh, for the space and we're, 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 uh, we're working away at it. So hopefully over the next uh, 12 or 18 months, you know, you'll, you'll see some, some very positive change in, in Sault Ste. Marie. In terms of Galway, Galway is really, it's a, as I described our strategy, it's, you know, it, it's a, we build it as we lease and it's a phase by phase. We're, we're adding pieces uh, on an ongoing basis. So Princess Auto was a recent, uh, a recent phase. It's a great draw. Uh, you know, it's, it's a province-wide draw. It's the only store, uh, uh, the only Princess Auto in, in Newfoundland. And um, so, you know, we're seeing some, some serious uh, momentum in, in the project. We have now uh, a number of, of strong retailers open and obviously more, more to, uh, to come. But it's going to take time. In Newfoundland is um, is a tougher market uh, today, uh, as, as we know. But we're, again, everything that's opening um, is uh, is functioning well, and we continue to bring new people to the site. Okay. Yeah. No, that's uh, that's helpful. And um, last question for me, uh, just in terms of the more more broad uh, leasing environment and what you're seeing out there. Um, Maybe you could just provide some color on, uh, you know, leasing velocity or, you know, which tenants or types of tenants are, are looking to expand or actually uh, add stores uh, throughout this environment. So, you know, the, so there is life in, 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 the, in the leasing world. And, um, you know, as you saw in, in our report, uh, you know, we did a fair amount of leasing. We also did some, some backfilling, which is sort of kind of harder. That's when you're filling your vacancies. Which is uh, leasing your new stuff is, is is relatively easy. Backfilling your uh, your vacant stuff is tougher work. So I think we're pretty good at that, and we're proving it. Um, so you, you know there, there is there is decent retail uh, demand. Uh, it you know it's coming from um, certain categories. Obviously, it's coming from you know grocery, pharmacy, dollar stores, um, value retailers. QSR is very hot. Pet category um, very very hot. Um, so a number of categories that you've seen <clears throat> that have done well in, in, the, in, the, in the pandemic. Obviously, fashion is, is, uh, is very slow, and you're not doing a gym deal or a cinema deal here in the, uh, for, for some time. But, the, but there is life in the leasing world. We're, we're seeing good activity. We expect it to obviously get better um, ne next year. But we're, you know, we're, we're not seeing sort of the complete shutdown that we would have seen in, in early uh, Q2, we're definitely uh, seeing activity and demand, and uh, so you know we're very, um, you know, we're feeling very good about where we're sitting 
and um, and our prospects for for filling our our spaces and launching new projects. Demand is definitely there. Okay, that's uh, helpful. I'll turn it over. Thank you. Mr. Zakuda, there are no further questions at this time. Thank you, operator. I do have another question if you'd like to take it. Sure. And this question comes from the line of Mike Markaitis with Desjardins. Please go ahead. Your line is open. Thank you. Good morning. I guess I just uh, snuck in before the door closed. Um, okay. With, um, you know, Michael, I think we've seen that there certainly is private capital demand for stabilized grocery anchored essentials type retail. You've, uh, you know, you've proved that out with your sale of uh, portfolio, 50% uh, non-managing interest in those five properties. I'm just curious in the private capital side, um, what your expectations are, what you're seeing with respect to um, appetite for value add opportunities. And as you go forward in 2021, and if you see the, um, the potential opportunities that you think you're going to see in terms of increased volume, is that something you could lean on a little bit more as opposed to recycling mature assets, getting capital that's willing to take the, uh, the, on the value add stuff? Yeah, you, there's definitely a, a very solid appetite from private capital to participate in in different types of transactions, whether it's finished product, which, which we did, or whether it's um, um, value add. So in Sault Ste. Marie, it, it, we, it's a capital partner deal. We have a capital partner who's supplying a disproportionate amount of, of the equity um, that gets cleared up, uh, you know, post redevelopment. So that that type of capital is certainly out there, and and I'm sure we'll be you know we'll, we'll be working with um, with that type of uh, of capital partner uh, next year you know as we take advantage of, of opportunities in, in the market. Okay, that's great. Thank you, Mr. Zakuda. There are no further questions at this time. Well, thank you. Thank you, everybody, for participating. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes the conference call for today. Thank you for participating. Please connect your lines. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.